The next three days, we're talking about keys to the anointing. As revealed in the tabernacle of Moses. As a matter of fact, in our church this entire month, we are talking about the anointing in different things. Tomorrow, I'm going to be talking to the pastors about the anointing for ministry. Uh, the anointing that's in the office of a pastor. That's what I'm going to talk about tomorrow. So this whole month, there is so much to learn, Bazalana, about the anointing and the power of God. And it's amazing when you read the Bible, you'll note as we go through it how God has interweaved truths into all kinds of things that happened all the way back from the time of Genesis. Even more so when the time of Exodus came and God gave Moses instructions to build the tabernacle, to do this and to have the anointing oil and all of that, so much truth is interweaved. Our challenge as churches like ours, the so-called charismatic churches, is that we are not good students of the Bible. And we are not the kind that reads the Old Testament. We just read the New Testament and then we chimberanga verse. Now, there's nothing wrong in reading the New Testament and just chimbling with the verse. The only problem is that you will never get the full understanding and the full weight of what you are reading. I'm going to show you today because every belief, every doctrine, every teaching of the Old Testament has its roots and its foundation in the New Testament, rather, has its roots and its foundation in the Old Testament. So in the Old Testament, when certain things are mentioned, there is an assumption that you understand the background of it. For instance, you cannot teach uh, uh, at, uh, at length or rather in a, uh, what's the term that I'm looking for? You can't teach in a very detailed way, that's the term I'm looking for, about praise and worship from the New Testament only. You can't. The, the New Testament talks about us praising God and worshiping God, but it doesn't tell you how. It doesn't describe the different ways of praising. It doesn't. You can only do that in the Old Testament. You cannot teach convincingly about tithing from the New Testament. What I mean is the New Testament mentions tithing or refers to tithing because God already makes the assumption that you understand that the Bible is a continuous revelation. Say it with me. The Bible is a continuous revelation. So, this is a teaching, this is a teaching session. All right? We're going to teach. All right? You'll see the teaching gift come up. We're going to teach. Teaching opens eyes and it equips you. You'll be equipped. When you talk about Dinto, you'll understand. And you'll understand the full meaning of them. So, the big problem when it comes to many things we do, you know, is that we don't understand where it comes from. Even the anointing, we use the term. So what that does to us, Bazalana, it, it, it robs us of the fullness of the truth. We, we are taking the truth, we are applying the truth, but we are applying half-truth. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So let's go to Exodus 25, now that Lituzi Alvaturi Nixi anymore. From verse 1. In Exodus 25, from verse 1, God clearly give, God gives Moses 
clear instructions about building him what God calls a tabernacle. And I'm going to ask you to underline your Bible. Okay, if your Bible is too expensive to underline from it, throw it away, buy one that you can underline in. Because your Bible is your textbook. You underline your textbook. All right? Are you ready? I want to take it slowly. I'm not excited too much. I'm excited later, but not for now. I'm excited later, I'm excited to get some knowledge. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, that's in verse 1, saying, Speak to the children of Israel that they may bring me an offering. And here's the principle of offering. From everyone who gives it willingly. So you see, in the New Testament, we work offering, but we don't understand that the, the basis of offering, this is how offering is to be given, willingly. Then it says, from everyone who gives it willingly, with his heart, you shall take you shall take my offering. Come on, God has borrowed you. Everything you have belongs to God. So God says, bring my offering. So, so the problem is when you hold on to your offering, you are holding on to what doesn't belong to you. Yeah. God expects you to give. And remember, when he talks to the children of Israel, it wasn't long after they came out of Egypt. These are not rich people necessarily. All they have is what was given to them by the Egyptians. And God tells them to build him a sanctuary. And you'll see the material is asking is not cheap stuff. He says they must give. And that's the principle. The principle of building anything that comes from God, it must come from the hands of God's people. It mustn't come from raffle. It mustn't come from a golf day. It mustn't come from any of those things. God's way is offering. Offering is what finances God's agenda. So we resort to other means of raising funds that are not biblical. It must come from the hands of God's people and God says, it's my offering. Tell your neighbor, Go back pocket. Look at the back pocket. Yeah. Note what it says. Verse 3. Then God specifies the offering. God is always specific. God never leaves anything to chance. God is never ambiguous. He says, this is the offering which you shall take from them. Gold. And gold is not cheap. Gold, you must underline that. Silver, bronze, already socially lazy. I mean, really. Yeah? God says that best. You see, many people, when they give God, they don't give the best. I know now, when I grew up in church as a young person, I literally used to see those days. In fact, I wonder if our parents did not talk to me. Did they have the, the parents these days that said, talk to me? Do you not talk to me? Some of you young people don't know it. Yeah, you don't have it. You don't know it. You don't own oh, no, talk to me. My goodness, look at you. Where did you buy that, those pants? That must be from a museum somewhere. No, I'm joking, my friend. I'm teasing. Some pants did not talk to me. You know, those days we used to have, we used to use a lot of coin. We still use it today, but it's less. So, you know, you would see a grown-up man, one chair. When the offering comes, Obana Ayako talk to me. <laughs> five cents five cents 
Now that's, that's, that's the attitude towards offering that I grew up seeing. Yeah. The first time Kibona offering Hunsi Wachelete Apampiri, it's when I came among charismatic churches. It was my first time. In fact, first time Kibona Mutansa Tenrant, I almost fainted. Oh! <laughs> and then the first time Kinsa Chelate Apampiri, I almost died. <laughs> Uwa shabeli offering basket aita maya wishe. But you see, that's because we're not taught right. We we don't learn. God God demands the best of everything. He demands the best of your money, the best of your strength, the best of your time. What about chabahau? Kabu joke. But the, the mentality of people in religious circles is that have fun, household is koro koro, then serve God. So when you are young and handsome, young and pretty, and you say what I said, so their idea goes, so and so best boy. And you come dragging your sport body to God. So so even when people give, they lie, but they go and give. I used to this. I had to get Kalimekerekaru now when we started. People used to go and get the old heater. That old heater, how we Kenya Iwisamabon. And they know Iwisamabon. It's not that they don't know. They know. But their concept of giving to church is look for everything that is the oldest thing. Elsa thing. Give it to the church. That's not God's way of giving. You give the best. That's the way of giving. Some of you, you haven't learned. Some of you, you haven't learned to give the best yet. Even in worship, in prayer, in your time, God must be a priority. God must be number one. How to, Mudimu must be the first person who gets most of your time. How hola, how the first 10%. But people who don't know, they don't do that. Yeah. So he says, let them get gold. Somebody say gold. gold. Silver. Silver. And bronze. Silver. Look at verse 4. You must underline all that. Blue, purple, and scarlet thread. Fine linen, goat's hair. Goat's hair. Goat's hair. In a tabernacle. Verse 5, ram skins dyed red. Mudimi be the watch, we dye red. Hey, badger skins, acacia wood. Very confusing, isn't it? Hang in there, I'll tell you. Oil for the light and spices for the anointing. Oil for the sweet incense. Onyx stones, stones to be set in the ephod in the breastplate. God says, let them bring it. And Ura, let them make me a sanctuary. It's my sanctuary, but they must finance it. If, if let them bring the drums, the keyboard, the trumpet, the cameras. Oh, I'll never take it to you. And let them bring. And God says, that, that brand is Yeah. Yeah. 
Don't go buy a something here, brand yellow, a rich, 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 You've got to get the best brand and bring it to build my house. God's, that's why we don't apologize to take offering. We don't feel sorry for you at all. I have no emotion whatsoever. Yeah. You must finance God's vision. We give God for, for, for God's vision. And we, we buy the best. We don't apologize having the best. I won't spare any cent to have the best for God in our church. Yeah. See, people who don't understand, I see the, the people in the world, they are behind in their understanding of church. They don't understand that the church has advanced. We don't do that anymore. Yeah. We have things better than the world has. Because we believe God deserves the best. Come on, somebody! Yeah. Churches, Sarana, they are nice. Everything nice. One are little screen. Screen sale. It was one. Yeah. And this came because you gave. Oh, yeah. And I remind you, lost wreck. Doesn't matter. In church. But you can see the mentality of people in the world. They don't understand what it costs us. They're stuck in the old. Verse 8 says, verse 8, most important verse. Let them make me a sanctuary. Wow. That I may dwell among them. Oh, verse 9 is even more dangerous. He says, according to all that I show you. That's how you build God's work. You know, sometimes I get so upset with people when they make comments because some things we do. Because many of the people don't know how, how I pray a lot about what we do in our church. This seminar, God spoke to me about it several years ago. The only way to run a church is to do what God tells you. God says, build. Build according to what I show you. That is the pattern of the Mudibu Ofa pattern. That's why if you're a leader who doesn't spend time in the presence of God, finding out what the pattern is. I'm not talking about leading a church. I'm talking about even where you lead. Some of you. In your businesses. If your home, I am If so, say it's a pet in your Oh, what that's so called. Yeah. That is the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the finishing. Just so make it. Now, let me tell you how we're going to make this study today. This is how we're going to study this tabernacle. God is giving them instructions to build the tabernacle. Now, I'm going to use some big words, but Rita Ditalos. Number one, we're going to look at the tabernacle in a typical way, not typical. Typical. In other words, it's a type. A type. A type is like a shadow. A type is a figure of something. All right? There are things that are used here that are a figure of something. A type is like an object 
that represents something else. So we're going to look at the, at the, at the tabernacle from a typical way. What do I mean? We will see in this tabernacle how Jesus is represented. You'll see it. You'll also see in the tabernacle how the steps for the anointing are revealed. You'll see it. That steps of the anointing, we will talk about it more tomorrow and the day after, but you'll see it. But secondly, we're going to study this tabernacle from a practical and an experiential way. In other words, I don't want to leave you just with truth. I want to give you something that you can apply. Because what's the use of reading the Bible if you can't apply what you're reading? After all, God's word is meant to be applied in our lives. Okay, so what we are reading here, you'll be able to experience. Not only will you live with head knowledge and heart knowledge, you will live with experiential knowledge. You will experience these truths. They will be a part of your life. Oh, you'll be empowered. We'll show you truths that you can apply in your lives. Why do we want to study the tabernacle? I've already mentioned it, first of all, that all doctrinal foundations of the New Testament are found in the Old Testament. So you'll see now how, you know, all the things we're talking about, anointing power, what, what, all of that is found in the Old Testament. In fact, in Romans chapter 15 verse 4, Paul talks about it. Note what he says in verse 4. He says, for whatever things were written before, were written for our learning. Hmm. That we through the patience of comfort and of the scripture might have hope. In other words, whatever was written in the past, in the Old Testament, was written for our learning. That, that's the purpose of history, to teach you. To equip you. So God, I mean, God wouldn't go to all the lengths of having all these things in the Bible how many of you are sitting next to high A? Look at your high A, say, hey, stop, high A, stop. Hmm? I mean, what would be the, the, the purpose of God bringing all these things, next thing we don't read them? Hmm? So it's important. Secondly, 1 Corinthians 10, 6, when it talks about the old era, for these things, it's talking about the old, and I'm just quoting part of the verse, I'm just quoting what is relevant to what we're talking about, and I'm not changing the meaning. It says, now these things, and I'm reading the New King James Version. My people go Kairos, NLT, NKJV. NKJV, like when I NKJV, that's New King James Version. Ne? It's not anything, it's just New King James Version. So that you know Kibbalah from which Bible. Hmm. How many of you are saying NKJV? Kibbalah are saying NLT, NIV, KJV, AMP, iPad. Verse 6 says, now these things 
became our examples. Now, very interesting. That word examples in the Greek is the word types. These things, Sakhala, became our types. You remember what I said? A type, it's an object that represents something that is real. It's an object lesson. It's like a shadow. Your shadow is not you. But you can't have a shadow if the real you is not there. So all the things in the Old Testament, important as they are, they were just a shadow. And it's in the New Testament where we come into contact with the real. Are you understanding what I'm saying to you? Hebrews 10.1 talks about that, actually. It is for the law, which is the Old Testament. Having what? That's why I felt sorry for you. For the law, having a what? What? A what? A shadow of what? Of the good things to come. And not the very image of the thing. So the, the law was just a shadow. It wasn't the real. The law was pointing us to the real. You see, on. when God gave people the law, he was pointing them to the real. The law couldn't give you the fullness of what you were looking for. So everything in the Old Testament, the tabernacle, the anointing oil, all those things that were done, they are pointing you. To the real. Can I hear another amen in the house? Are you still with me, Basalan? I want to. Are you still with me? Are you still with me? You see, lesson one is more important than the other lessons. Because I will just be making a reference. So if you didn't get this one, you're not going to get it. So look at your neighbor who's sleeping and say, if you don't get this one, all right. Now, now, why must we study about the tabernacle? Why? Well, it's, the tabernacle is a shadow and it is the purpose of the shadow to bring the substance. What I mean by that is that the shadow tells you that the real is there. So when we study the, 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 the tabernacle, you know, it, it, it gives us an understanding of the real that we're going to meet in a short while. The law, the period of the law, we could call it the age of the shadow in the law. So the shadow of a thing has no reality in and of itself. All right now. Let's look at the description of the tabernacle. Look at this beautiful picture. Please. This is like a bird's eye view looking at the tabernacle from the top like this. All right? On, so the tabernacle had to be positioned in this way. Lay out your Exactly this way, okay? It's north, south, west, and east. All right? On the east of the tabernacle, that's where the entrance was. When you entered through the east, where does that E the first thing you came across was the altar of burnt offerings. So before Yakai, Ustatako Alitaring. All right. Then thereafter, in the area of the altar, that whole area is called the outer court. All right. 
and, and, and you were allowed there, and people were allowed there, the general public, to bring in the Ntwetsabona, but they were not allowed to go beyond that. From that point, it is the priest who will move to the next thing called the bronze laver. This was just a, a, a container that had water in it where you had to wash. I can't show what it's done. I want to keep you suspended for tomorrow and Friday. I'll just mention it. Then after that, they move into what they call the holy place. This is the priest. And who The deeper you move in is the Mobamba Salla Komura. There are those who were not allowed. If you ever forced, these days. Wherever. West Park. Wherever. Wherever. So when you came into the holy place, there was the table of showbread on the right. The golden lamp stand on the left. Let me not describe what they are. You have to come back tomorrow. And Friday. And then you come to the altar of incense. And it's amazing. The altar of incense is just before you enter into the most holy place, which was divided by a curtain. Now, when the priest went in there, he had to go in there with the blood. He must have done all the things. And if he had obeyed everything that he must obey, when he went in there, that's where the Ark of the Covenant was. And then he would have to go and offer up the blood and all do all of those things. And, and they would tie bells at the end of his garment. When the priest is in the most holy place or the holy of holies, there's a sign that he's still alive. You'd hear the bells ringing. Now, you know, when Paul talks about bells, his tongue. Let me not go ahead of myself. They would tie a rope. And if if a baiza fell a zap, because that is where the glory is. That's where the glory of God was. That's where the power of God was. That's where, that's where the prince of God was. And in the Ark of the Covenant, there were several things I won't tell you about them. So that's the basically the layout, okay, of the tabernacle. I've got another picture that I want to show you of the tabernacle. Look at it. Next picture there. So there it is, okay. It's the bronze altar, the laver. Uh, you have the table of showbread, the lampstand, golden incense, and then the Ark of the Covenant. That's almost like I wanna some of the pictures there, all right. Now, let's talk about it. What was the divine purpose of the tabernacle? Why did God want them to build the tabernacle? Well, we've already read it in verse 8. He says, let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. God's greatest desire and number one desire has been to dwell in the midst of his people. See, this is why people don't understand God. You know, people run from God and people think God doesn't like them. God has always wanted to dwell among men. In fact, as far back as you can go in the Garden of Eden, when you read the book of Genesis, you'll note something when you read Genesis chapter 3. Because it says there, even in chapter 2, that Adam 
And God would walk in the garden in the cool of the day. So in Eden, God would visit with his men. He would be among them. He would be with them. And they were mourning face to face. There were no issues. There was no fear. There was no doubt. There was no sin. There was nothing. God was among them with his people. That has always been God's intention. Is when sin came. So when Adam and Eve sinned, what happened? The first thing comes into the heart of man, which was never part of the nature of man, fear. So the Bible says in Genesis 3, when God came in the cool of the day, walking in the garden, then he couldn't find Adam. Then Adam, where are you? Uta responds, hi. Ore, I was afraid. I heard you walking and I was afraid. The thing of being afraid of God is not something that God had put in men. Namamela, there is the fear of honor and respect because God is an awesome God. And it's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of God. There is that kind of awe and respect because of how grand he is and how great he is. It brings fear, but it's not the kind of scared fear type. It's the fear of honor. But God has always wanted to be among men. God wants you to enjoy your time of fellowship with him and not be afraid of him. And not be afraid of his power. Oh, Jesus. So we see here, first of all, God's desire to dwell in the midst of his redeemed people. But he wants to dwell in the midst of his own people on his own terms. If you don't fulfill the requirements hardly, and you're not going to tell him what he must do. He's God. Are you there, Barcelona? So we see God has ever desired to dwell with among his people, as I've spoken, in the Garden of Eden. Even after sin, we see God talking with Noah. What about the temple of Solomon? What about us at this time? God dwells in the tabernacle or the dwelling place of the church. I'm not talking about a building. I'm talking about you are the tabernacle. God dwells in you and he delights to dwell in you. So God dwells in you as a tabernacle as an individual and God dwells among us collectively as a tabernacle. When the Bible says you are the church, it's not talking about this. No, 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 no. Morana just aren't where two or three are gathered together in my name. Kidaso, they are my tabernacle. Ha. Note, 2 Corinthians 5.1. It says, for we know that if our earthly house, this tent is destroyed, we have a building from God. So your body is like a tent, a tabernacle, a house that is not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So it shows that God dwells in you. God dwells in your tent. That's why Mudimu is, doesn't want you to mess your body up. This is his temple. This is his temple. Now note, not only that, secondly, we are, God dwells corporately 
and collectively in us as the body of Christ. That is why there's a certain level of power that gets released. So if we're not lofakereke and you don't fellowship, there's a certain level of glory and a certain level of anointing that you will never know. Yeah, there's things that happen when we come together. Psalms 133, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It, it is like the oil. That's the anointing. The oil that was poured on Aaron's head and ran down his beard to his skirts. Then he ring. For there God commands his blessing and life forevermore. There were, there were people are together. Ah, you're not hearing me. But Sanana, there are things that you can receive from God in a church service that you will not receive anywhere else. Hallelujah. I said there's an anointing and there's a power when we come together. Oh, Jesus. That's why the book of Hebrews says, Iring, Iring, neglect not the assembling of yourself together like it's the manner of some. People, no, TV. They don't, know what they don't know what they're talking about. I'm telling, that's why I'm telling you, we don't understand. We don't understand. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, the tabernacle is called by different names. And I want you to note those names. I won't open the chapters. I'll just give you the verses. And I want you, when you see these terms used, you must know they are the same thing as the tabernacle. It's just different names used. Number one, it's called the tabernacle. In Exodus 25, 9, we've already read it. Number two, it's called, it's referred to as the sanctuary. The sanctuary. That is Exodus 25, verse 8. Number three, it's referred to as the tent of testimony or the tent of witness. Are you learning something tonight? Are you glad that you came tonight? Yeah. Numbers 9.15. The tent of testimony or witness. It's coming up on the screen. Please have it on the screen. Numbers 9.15. Fourthly, it's called the house of God. That's Exodus 34.26. All these terms are used interchangeably to refer to the tabernacle. And finally, it's called the tent of congregation. The tent of congregation. That's in Exodus chapter 40. Verse 34. Now, I'm coming to the exciting part. <laughs> I can't wait for this one. Now, all that those materials that we read, goat's hair, badger skin, ram dyed red, blue, purple, gold, silver, bronze, all those things, now I can use the word without fear, they were a type Of something, and all of them, I want you to see, they were talking about Jesus. All of them. All of them. Hang on, hang on, hang on. All right, hang on. I want to keep you suspended as long as possible. Let's read this chapter again. Let's read it again. It says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, and I want you to underline, please. Speak to the children of Israel that they bring me an offering from everyone who gives it willingly with his heart. You shall take my offering. Here we go. This is the offering you shall take gold. So if you want gold, you will take gold because you will take gold. 
Skip a few lines. Sing out, Silver, wala silver. Because I'm not the affair today. Bronze, wala. Blue. Purple. Are you writing? Limo guy. Send a little more bronze. I mean, really. Blue. Purple, okay. Next one. Scarlet thread. Anyone scarlet thread? Anyone else? Scarlet thread. Anyone Fine linen. Write it down. Very important. Goat's hair. Ram skins dyed red. And skip a lot of lines. We're going to come back. Badger skins. Look at your neighbors. Look at the other one. You'll learn to bring a notebook, some of you, next time. Or whatever you're writing on. As long as you want. Acacia wood. Write it down. Oil for the light. Write it down. Spices for the anointing. For the anointing oil and for sweet incense. That's all one word. Next one. Onyx stone. Give us seven. Yes, that's right. Stones to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate. Verse eight. Let them make me a sanctuary and I may dwell among them. Now, all those things, they are to go into the making of the tabernacle or the sanctuary. Like, sanctuary, tabernacle, house of God. Then it says, verse 9, according to all that I show you, that is the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all is finishing just so you'll make it. So, here we go. All these materials, go with me. Now you can go to the other slide. Next slide, let's go. Number one, gold. Yeah, go, keep going. Silver, bronze or brass, yeah. Blue, yes. Purple, uh-huh. Scarlet thread, next one. Fine linen, yes. Goat's hair, yeah. Ram skins, dyes red, yeah. Beja skins, keep beja, not deja. Beja, that's a typo. Then what? Acacia wood, yeah. Oil for the light, keep going. Spices for the anointing oil and for sweet incense, keep going. Onyx stones, next one. Stones to set in the effort and in the breastplate. Now, oh. Now, let me show you how Christ is represented in all those things. Way back. Everything they were doing was preaching about Christ. Here we go. Next slide. Let's go. First one. Gold in the Bible speaks of divinity. Divinity. Right through the Bible. Gold speaks of divinity. Remember that because I want to refer to it. Silver speaks of redemption. In Old Testament times, when you redeem something, when you bought something out of you were to use silver to redeem with with. That's why the Bible is You were not redeemed with what? With silver or gold. I can't Copitros. That was, this is the shadow. That one is the real. This is the type. The other one, baby, it's an anti-type. Bronze or brass speaks of suffering. Watch, watch. Somebody say gold, divinity. divinity. Silver speaks of? 
Bronze speaks of? Let's go again. Gold speaks of? Silver speaks of? Bronze speaks of? That's Jesus Christ right there. Watch, Masalan. Already in the three metals, we see Jesus the divine, represented by gold, who suffered, represented by bronze, on the cross to bring redemption, represented by silver. Ah, come on, somebody give the Lord a shout. Already, already. Let's, let's show the slide. Show the slide. Daughter. So, so, Jesus, whose divinity suffered, which is bronze, to bring redemption, which is silver. So, when God, when God told them, do what I tell you, don't bring any other material because they didn't know that what they were doing was a prophetic act of what they so if they put any other material, here's a revelation. Why did God stop the life of Moses? Because Moses had a rod representing the tree that was going to strike the rock representing Christ. But Jesus was going to be struck and he was going to die once. But Moses did it twice. God says, never. You didn't follow the pattern. Oh, are you here tonight? You see, there's a lot of things we read we don't understand because we don't ever study them. So, there's more to come. Let's go to the next. Ah, oh, come on, give the Lord a hand. I can feel you want to praise the Lord. Summer. Can I have someone on the keyboard here? Even the colors, not only the metals, the colors speak of Christ. Here we go, here we go. Blue speaks of Jesus, the Son of God. Purple, all kings wore purple color. That's why little bishop rapper also purple or magenta. We don't even know those things. The, 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 the clerical color I wear is pinkish or funny. It's called magenta or purple. It's a, it's a sign of the office you occupy. So, so purple, purple speaks of royalty. It speaks of Jesus the king. <laughs> Note, scarlet thread. Now, I don't know how many of you remember the story of Rahab in the Old Testament. Ah, oh, you're not hearing me. Rahab was in this land where the children of Israel came to besiege the land. And as they came over to besiege the land, they were discovered that they are in the land and they, the soldiers went out to go and get them and Rahab hid them in her house. So they came to her house, they didn't find them and she let them through the window. But then they said, will kill everybody but you. And all we want is a sign. You must tie a scarlet, a red thread on your house. And when we see the blood, we will... 
pass over you. <laughs> oh, it's the blood that makes us conquer. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Oh, yeah. So God, so God says, color thread. Have color thread in the tabernacle. And it's not just a thread, it's a red one. Because Jesus, the Savior, is the one who saves through the blood that is red. Oh. Then he said, fine linen. Now, fine linen was white in color. So white represents Jesus, the perfect, sinless man. Then he says, goat's hair. Prophets used to wear garments made out of goat hair. So goat's hair is already speaking of Jesus the prophet. So already, Renali, Jesus the son of God, Jesus the king, Jesus the savior through the blood that is red, Jesus the sinless man, Jesus the prophet, all offices that Jesus occupied in the tabernacle. God said, don't, don't, God said, don't, he said, this is why you must follow what God tells you. You don't know what that one decision is going to translate into 20 years from then. Yeah. You don't know. How many more? Emamo. 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 He doesn't need to explain to you why are Emamo. That's what faith is. Faith is you depend on what God tells you, even if it doesn't make sense. Ah, you're not hearing what I'm saying. That's what real faith is. Now, watch this now. Interesting enough, these four colors speak of the four gospels. <laughs> watch. Watch. Blue talks about Jesus, the son of God. When you read the book of John, John presents Jesus as the son of God. The color purple talks about Jesus as royalty, Jesus the king. Matthew presents Jesus as the king. The scarlet thread speaks of Jesus the savior through the blood that is red. Luke talks about Jesus as the savior. That's his emphasis. And fine linen, which is white, it talks about Jesus the perfect man, Mark. So all these colors not only represent Jesus, they represent even the Gospels that were not written yet. Can I just say this as humbly as I can? God knows more than you. Because Mudimu knows the end from the beginning. You know, when I read this, I realized the seriousness of following what God tells you without turning left or right. Because I don't think Moses knew that in all these things, there was Jesus, the representation here, Jesus, even the Gospels, even before, I'm sure about Matthew, they were not born yet. But God knew that every one of them, when they write the Gospels, they're going to talk about all that about Jesus. Makes the scriptures clear when it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. 
Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. You will make it straight. Yeah. As I look down in my life on decisions made, some of them because when, when you made the decision, there weren't noise, there wasn't noise, there were no bells and whistles, there wasn't anything loud. It was just a prompting. That's how we've started things smoking again. Just a prompt. You see, we're starting this now. I'm obeying God. Whether about to battle or about it, it doesn't matter. That's what I've learned. Now I must do it. I don't know why I'm doing it. I can see it. I can see it. I can see it. I don't know 10 years from now what the impact of this will be. I don't know 20 years from now. I don't even know Eskirera, who's listening out there, what their need is, and why they are supposed to be in the service. I don't know. I heard a story not long ago. I don't even remember this. There's a guy who used to preach Cody training. He was telling me this. He says one of his friends, he knew him personally. On Aragoni training, one day I came in this coach, there was nobody. But the Holy Spirit said, preach. Yeah. He preached. And the Spirit said, make an altar call. He made an altar call. To his utter amazement, Somebody came out from underneath the chairs. Yeah. 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 Listen to me. Now, I'm not saying that I didn't touch a snack, 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 I didn't touch No. But let me tell you if God speaks to you, my dear friend, and you know it's him. Obey. You see, when I, when I became a pastor at the age of, when I decided to go into ministry, at the age of 19, at least they were supporting me, but there was a lot of the extended family that wasn't supporting me. Even my teachers are up and I never must have room root. How on us on my brother family, they used to lobby me, they would talk to me because I think the elderly people said, Rauta, you have to go on But well, you know, don't you think you should do something on the side to have something to fall back on? But see, I knew God had called me. I left everything to follow. Those days, it wasn't a popular thing. They thought there was something wrong with you. Skelans are hung like that. Watch this now. Let's go. The ram skin died red. A ram is known to be a leader. A ram in the Bible represents a leader. Do you remember when Abraham went to sacrifice his son on the mountain? Moriah? Do you remember? After he tried to kill his son, God said stop. And then he said, when he went to get, he found a ram, not a goat. Not a sheep, a ram specifically. Speaks of leadership. 
Badger skins speaks of the ugliness of sin. Watch. Watch. Shittim wood, it's an interesting type of wood. Wood always speaks of humanity. Shittim wood is a, spe- a special type of wood in the Middle East that does not rot. Murena Jeso Umo. Jesus, the leader who carried the ugliness of sin. Isaiah says, if you saw him, you wouldn't desire him. He was human, and yet, when he died, his body never got corrupted in the grave. When Moses did it, he didn't know what he was doing. And God said, follow the pattern. Now watch. Let's go back to the picture of the tabernacle as I close. I want you to note the layout of the tabernacle. Alright, now. Picture yourself standing at the entrance and looking at it from east to west. Just imagine that. Alright? Okay. I want to show you something that you didn't see. Go to the next picture. Okay, so that's the entrance gate there. That's the east, this side. When you're watching and you see the layout, let me show you the next slide. You won't believe this. That's the layout. When you enter, you meet the brazen altar, the laver, candlestick on the left, table of showbread on the right, golden altar, at the top Ark of the Covenant, picture of the cross of Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. And that's why when we preach a gospel that doesn't have Jesus, that talks about all kinds of things and leaves Jesus out, then we don't know what we're talking about. Tomorrow, I'm going to take you further show you other things about Halikena. It's a process of where the presence of God is. But you see, before we even talk about the anointing, Mamela, the anointing is in him. He is called Jesus the Christ. Jesus, the anointed one. He is the anointed of the Lord. And all anointing comes from him. And you can't get anointed outside of him and without him. You can't get anointed. We start with him. And we walk in the anointing. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And I see you knowing more of Christ. And the more you know him, the more you worship him, the more you know his anointing. It's all about Jesus tonight. It's all about Jesus always. Raise your hands and pray in the spirit somebody. Hallelujah. 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 
presence of God is in this house. Come on, we're talking about Jesus. 